being okay with where you are. You know, we're all just doing our best. You just find your balance within where you are, within your structure, and you don't try to reach these lofty goals. You just try to improve one step at a time. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Today I'm joined by guest Kristen Noriega of Holy Healthy Mama and Kristen Noriega Nutrition. I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation today for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Kristen is a registered dietitian nutritionist with clinical long-term care, community health, and nonprofit experience. She's also a mom of three and a military wife, so she has a really extensive background in nutrition in different areas. She also admits fully that she is not the most excited about cooking, especially in this season of her life. So what she shares with us today are some really solid tips on learning how to make healthy foods happen in your life when you are short on time, maybe when you're short on budget, how to reverse meal plan and meal plan for the budget that works for you, how to learn how to make the most of your time in the kitchen, how to create meals that are really simple and work for your family. She talks about her Marie Kondo esque method for um, planning meals by simplifying, minimizing, and decluttering the whole eating experience. She also talks about her opinions when it comes to living a healthy life and um, really introducing concepts of health and balance to her kids. And there are some areas where we fully agree and some areas where our opinions are a little bit different. And I think that that is so okay and something I really want to bring more into the conversation here on the podcast. We all have different perspectives and I think we can all learn from each other and both our life experiences and our professional experiences. And I think she brings a lot of that to the conversation. We also dig a little bit into the faith conversation as she is Holy Healthy Mama and how she incorporates that into her business and everything that she does. So to introduce her a little more, Krista Noriega is a registered dietitian nutritionist with clinical long-term care, community health, and nonprofit experience. She has a BS in nutrition and dietetics from the University of New Mexico and an MS in human nutrition from Kansas State University. She's a mom to three kids, four and under, an army wife, beagle owner, runner of sorts, and an aspiring minimalist. She's also a Catholic Christian, and her business is one way in which she can spread God's love throughout the world. Friends, I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation that we had. So without further ado, I'm going to dig into my conversation with Kristen. 
Hey, Kristen, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I love that we're both Kristen, just spelled a little differently, (laughs) with a passion for helping moms live healthier lives. So I would love if you could just start by sharing who you are. Um, I already shared your bio, but just kind of tell us what you are passionate about sharing with the world. Well, thanks for having me, first off. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share with the world that being healthy and trying to be healthy doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something that we can do today, right now, within our schedule, within our means, with whatever we've got going on. There's some certain steps that we can take to be healthy. And I particularly like to work with moms with who have families and they're really busy because I can relate to that. That's my life and I can help women get to a point where they feel like they are being healthy and doing the things that they need to be doing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so much, it feels so much harder. (laughs) I mean, I guess my kids are only six and two, so I've only been a mom for six years, but even just doing the things like some of the healthy living practices and, and, you know, my journey has been from being too, like going too far on the side of trying to be healthy. And then, you know, also, you know, just simple things like being able to work out when I want to, it's so much harder when you have, (laughs) when you have kids, Um, making dinner becomes so much harder when you have kids, when you have a family. So I think it's, it's really powerful to share that message that even if we live busy lives, we can still make it happen just in a way that works for us. Right. For sure. So what inspired, what inspired you to start Holy Healthy Mama? Okay. So I'm a registered dietitian and I've been, I realized today it's been more like six years. I've been saying five years, got to give myself credit there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I've been practicing dietetics and I've been in like long-term care settings and clinical and just kind of floating around because we're a military family. So I've been taking the jobs that present themselves to me and work with my schedule. I only want to be part-time right now and because I want to raise my kids. They're little. And that's a, just like where most of my heart is, is with my kids. And so then I'm doing these other jobs on the side and I'm not feeling very fulfilled I feel like I'm talking to the wrong people and I'm doing good work. You know, I'm reaching sick patients or the elderly, you know, people with cancer, all sorts of different situations. But the people that I want to work with are moms. And on top of that, I'm a huge podcast addict. I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. And for probably two years, I've thought, "Eh, I could do this. I could do this. I could talk to some people and make a difference in this world. And then my husband was gone at training. And every time he leaves, I make some big sort of some life decision happen. (laughs) So I texted him and I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And he said, I think you'd be really good at it. So that was my like, that was it. I'm like, we're gonna do this. So then I just kind of fell into the like a was following I heard a podcast about some woman and she teaches it so I she teaches how to podcast so then I took a little mini course of hers for like $30 or something and it got me to from probably A to X not all the way to Z but almost there and then I just sort of pieced it together and knew that I had to incorporate healthy living and eating and faith 
because those are my people. <laughs> They're the mm-hmm. ones I got to talk to. I got to reach the people that I know want to that are out there and need to hear these messages. And so that's kind of how it came about. And it's been really scary for me because the fear of not doing it perfectly and the fear of, you know, someone's going to do it better. Someone's going to criticize me, especially on, I mean, I feel really confident in the food and healthy eating and nutrition part, but incorporating faith has been a little has been terrifying (laughs) because I am not an expert on that end, but I just kind of put it in as a way of approaching health holistically all around. And, um, yeah, just on that end for sure. It's like one mom to another can, (laughs) well, these are some general suggestions for trying to have a good, good solid walk with the Lord. Yeah, no, I love that. And, um, you know, my my business is mostly on nutrition and food freedom and really and helping moms in that way. But I love to incorporate my own faith in what I do, too, because it is it's such an important part of our life. And I'm totally with you that health is holistic. It's not just our body, but it's our mental and emotional health and our spiritual health too. whatever that looks like for us. So it is so important. And I love that you're kind of weaving those together and sharing your heart, even if, you know, none of us are perfect, right? So and all we're really doing is sharing what we know and sharing what we have a heart for with other people. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. And I love that. Well, thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. That helps to hear. (laughs) I mean, I think the thing that I love the most about um, what you do and as I started following you is, I mean, you're so real and you share real life and you share, you know, your kids. I love the little videos that you do on Instagram where you're like time lapsing your meal prep or whatever you're doing with the kids kind of running around behind you or during nap time or, or whatever. And you have this really kind of balanced, realistic approach to healthy living. And I think that's kind of what you've been describing, right? But I do think that so many moms can can resonate with that. And I love that. I think the biggest thing I've heard you say is this concept of adding good foods and adding good habits into your life instead of just subtracting, which I think is an idea that so many women have in their minds where I'm like, oh, I've got to get healthier. So I've got to deprive myself in this way. I've got to take away this thing. I've got to change everything all at once. So how does this for you, how does this play into your everyday life and what you're inspired to kind of teach to moms? Right. So thank you for saying that. That was nice again. I appreciate that. Um, This kind of stems from, I I agree with you. A lot of women think if I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to have to stop doing, you know, one, two and three things in my life. And I don't want to give those up. Well, okay, don't give those up. But what else can you add in that will help you achieve your health goals? If you love margaritas, don't give those up. (laughs) Keep drinking those if that's what you want. Or if you love chocolate cake, fantastic, because I do too. And I'm not going to give it up. And I'm not going to tell myself and nobody else better tell me to give up my cake. But the things that I can do are add more fruits and vegetables. Plan ahead prep ahead at, you know, make good choices where I can. So if I'm going to look at my meat selection for the week, I would rather cook 
chicken instead of some real fatty dish that's loaded and is going to make me feel terrible. Because if for the most part, I'm making really good solid choices, then I don't need to feel bad about, I don't want to say feel bad, but like, then I don't need to even question when I do have chocolate cake, when I do have a margarita, when I do have, um, you know, those traditionally bad foods that people try to take out. If I'm doing everything else great and I feel really good about it, then I'm going to just enjoy that cake. It's kind of that 80-20 principle where if you do 80% of your nutrition and your health and you feel really good and confident about 80% of it and it's solid, solidly healthy, I should say, then that other 20% is your flex room. And that's fine. That's a B average in school. We all pass. We all get by. We all (laughs) graduate with a B average and that's cool. I mean, some of us there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but if you have a B average, you're doing fine. And that's like with anything in my life, if it's nutrition, if I'm going to get 80% healthy foods, sweet. If I get to work out and I only get through 80% of my workout, well, that's 80% I wouldn't have done if I had just given up initially. So I'm going to add in those things where I can. And even like motherhood, if I'm doing fantastic and I'm patient 80% of the time and I lose my patience 20% well I, I mean I I'm doing my best and I've got to give myself a little bit of grace and a little bit of wiggle room there to just be just accept life as it is and be and so that's kind of where this approach came from it's like that's how I live and that's the message that I want other women to hear too like if You really want to prep food. You really want to get ahead for the week. All right. Well, you can. And here's how you can do it with your current schedule. So if you have kids all around you all day long, you got a baby on the hip, you've got a toddler on your leg, you can't change that. So what can you change? You can add in meal prep with your kids. And you don't have to do it during nap time either. You can just put them on a chair right in front of the sink and help have them wash the produce. That's what I do. That's my favorite, favorite tip for, I mean, the whole week regarding meals is I have my kids help on the front end and I set them up. I They stand on the chair. So they're four and two, my boys who are helping me. And of course they fight. And of course water gets everywhere and tomatoes are flying and I step on the grape and almost slip and bust my booty. And you know, that's just real life. But if, another mom can, you know, maybe try it too. Then that's really cool because we're just doing our best. (laughs) That was kind of a really long thing right there. Sorry. (laughs) No, no need to apologize. I love that. And you just brought the real right into it, right? Where I love that (laughs) approach to you're getting your kids involved and you're telling moms that it doesn't have to look a certain way that it can, you can make these things happen. You can add them into your life, no matter what your life situation or your season, you just sort of make it work. And there isn't any guilt in eating these, you know, foods that, you know, we might not deem as being healthy, but it's what we do most of the time rather than what we do, you know, some of the time, right? So if we want to do, if we want to live healthier more often, then we make it work and we make it happen. And I love that. Yeah, for sure. You just you just do it. It doesn't have to be something you sit around and 
really just stress about and worry about. You just take small steps, small actions day after day regularly, and you don't wait for a certain day to start over. I get, <laughs> I get really put off by all like a lot of like the new year and January 1st stuff because it's like, well, if it's November, let's just start in November. Let's start right now. Let's start today. Or let's not wait for summer to roll around. Let's start right now. Let's get our healthy habits going. And so we feel good today. We're not waiting and sitting around for something, some sign to just appear. I mean, I'm a believer in signs, but (laughs) maybe this is your sign. Start today, friends. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I love the like fresh start feeling of the new year or the school year or springtime or whatever it is, just like anyone else. But think about how much progress you could have made in your journey to living a healthier, more balanced life if you started in November. Then on January 1st, you're way ahead of the game. So I love that. I love that concept of just start today and start in those those small little ways. Yeah, for sure. So I love this. You have this awesome concept that you shared on Instagram around healthy living based on kind of Marie Kondo's approach to organization. So this, you called it simplify, minimize, declutter. So can you share how you apply this to meals? Yes. And I'm developing this. This is something I'm working on because I'm a minimalist at heart. And it's something that's just developed over the last few years as I've kind of fell into this motherhood role and you know, things just come into our house left and right and they accumulate and you can't do anything about it (laughs) except that you can have a plan for those things that are coming in and you can get rid of the stuff that's not serving you. So that's, that's sort of like my minimalist theory. I'm not a true minimalist currently, Chris, you can see my closet. There's (laughs) stuff in here, (laughs) (laughs) but So taking that concept into the kitchen, I have lived this way for several years and it wasn't until recently someone, you know, there was some comment and I was like, oh wait, this is minimalism in the kitchen. I am doing this. This is really cool. It was like my aha moment. Like, wow, I have words to this now. I can put words to what I'm doing. So what I do is I keep meals simple. And this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea, which is cool. That's fine. If this speaks to you, awesome. So I keep meals simple. I'm holding up my hands in the shape of a plate here. And I just look at it and I basically quarter it. And I have fruits, vegetables, grains, and protein. And that's going to be my template for pretty much every meal. And so in my head, I can just put it together and think, all right, what's going to be for lunch? I'm going to pick a protein and today we're going to have tuna. My grain's going to be the bread. My vegetable's going to be, we're going to have carrot sticks. And then I'm going to give the kids applesauce pouches and I'm going to eat one too because I like applesauce. That doesn't have to be a kid food. Okay, cool. So that's how I've been plating foods for several years. And then I realized, you know, that can apply to your entire week. If it's Sunday or whatever day that you're prepping, planning for your meals, it doesn't have to be complicated. You can simplify it. Just pick three meals that you're going to cook and they can be really easy. And then you can add stuff to them as you go. So 
if you have this really basic meal, that's what I'm going to give to my kids because they're not going to eat something very complicated and delicious. Let's just be real. (laughs) They want like the most plain Jane stuff on their plate. So I take that and I, you know, spice it up and do whatever for me and my husband so that we can further enjoy the meal. For me, I've always like put it on a bowl of, in a bowl on top of some greens. So I just put it all together and put it and make a salad. For my husband, he'll add sauces and cheeses and things to his to suit his needs. But I didn't worry and stress about that. I'm just really simplifying it, getting it our meals down to the basics first. And then we add to it if we need to, if we want to. And then, so that's like the meal in itself. But if you're looking at your pantry, so we get lost in our pantries. We open the cabinets and things are falling out at us. And you know, just it's overwhelming to look at your pantry. You're never going to cook all of that stuff. You're never going to eat all of that stuff. You're probably going to throw it all away when it gets bad. So I would say do that now. Just get it down to the basics. What are the snacks that your kids eat and that you approve of? What are the things you're going to cook that you like to cook with and that are easy? If you have, you know, I don't know, there's like random things in your pantry that just accumulate and sit there for years, get rid of those. And then you don't even have to stock up your pantry. There's this whole concept. uh, It's like, I don't know, there's probably a specific term for it, like modern America, modern times. We just load our our um, kitchen and our fridge and our pantry up with just so much food and it just sits there. So I'm saying strip it down and get back to the basics again. Get down to the stuff that you're going to use and eat and think of it maybe more in terms of like on a weekly basis. What are the snacks that your family can consume this week? What are the noodles that you're going to need this week? What canned goods do you need for this week? And that works pretty darn well because then my kids go in there and they have just a few options that I've already approved of I don't have to stress I don't have to fight I don't have to worry it's like (laughs) you can have a b or c and that's what we've got so you can have it take it or leave it and it just really reduces a lot of that burden that we feel you know the what is it decision fatigue Mm -hmm. decision fatigue there we go so by simplifying our food choices and our meals and our snacks and just looking at it more short term, it can reduce that decision fatigue. I mean, and then you don't have to eat the same snacks every week. You can buy enough snacks for this week and then the next week buy completely different stuff. And then the next week, you know, just do different things or cycle it back whenever you feel like it to keep it interesting. But during that certain time frame, it's really simplified. Oh, I love that so much. I am all about simplifying in every area. We actually have um, kind of a simplifying expert coming on to the podcast in a few weeks as well, um, talking more about like simplifying your home and kind of your life in general. But I love that concept of having this template at the beginning of the week that you kind of build off of rather than needing to recreate the meal every the wheel. I guess that works both ways, <laughs> right? <and> <laughs> yes, meal and wheel. Every single every single day. 
and you know allowing your husband to add that variety as he wants and allowing yourself to add that variety those greens or those different elements that work for you and also have it work for your kids as well. And I love, I love the pantry, um, the the idea of kind of simplifying your pantry too. That is something I am like consistently trying to do and just pare down to the basics so we actually use it. Because I think you're so right that we end up with so much food waste just or just have items just sitting there like you said for years and then eventually we throw them out and it's like oh my gosh I could have used that somewhere so I love that idea of simplifying when it comes to to your meals so let's talk about dinner time then we are all mamas around here or at least most women listening to the podcast are mamas or most people just in North America live busy lives and we all want to you know hear tips for getting dinner on the table but for moms specifically what are your best tips I mean you just kind of shared some that starting at the beginning of the week but what are your best tips for actually getting dinner on the table with little ones especially maybe if your spouse is working late or it's just you at home mm-hmm. so yeah we're a military family so my husband every time we have a kid he leaves <laughs> it's just the cycle we're on except he just changed jobs so we're getting out of it this time but like so when my first was born he deployed for five months when my second was born he left for 10 months so I've been there with these women who are just so strapped for time and you can't even imagine cooking another dinner seriously your kids have to eat again why <laughs> right it's this cycle and it's every day every day so I want to encourage women to just stop thinking about it that way and prep more on one day so that you can sprinkle it over several different days so you're not cooking day after day after day for dinner you cooked on Sunday and you can you know you maybe you cook some chicken breasts on Sunday and you ate chicken and then Monday you could shred it and eat chicken tacos or Tuesday you can then just put it in a quesadilla, something like that. So think of it more over several days so that you're not, you're not finding yourself in this position day after day after day where you have to keep cooking. Cause I'm one who actually doesn't really like to cook. I don't like to spend my time in the kitchen. I would much rather spend my time, doing oh pretty much anything else (laughs) so if I'm going to be in there I'm going to try to do it as efficiently as possible and spread it out over several days and one tip that's been just this is so helpful you don't have to cook right before you're going to eat you can cook in the morning you can cook in the middle of the night you can cook when your kids are sleeping whenever and then just reheat it It doesn't have to be prepared and then plated right away. So, you know, or if it sits on the stove for an hour because the kids are just playing outside and this is your one chance to get that meat browned and cooked to temperature, then take it. Don't sit around and just wait. Well, you know, something I really harp on is just overall efficiency with your time. So, if you have this opportunity, use it and then go play and, you know, get the heart, the things done first and then play or read or do whatever you've got to do. So just on the front end, a little bit of prep. And then I 
really try to get my kids entertained the like the 15 minutes before dinner time because that's when they're going to start asking for snacks. I'm hungry. Can I have candy or whatever it is? My four-year-old lately has been like, can I have candy all day long? And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> Seriously, you can't have more candy. <laughs> You're not having candy. But so I get them entertained. So that means, hey, let's go outside in the backyard right now. And they're going to start sliding and playing on our little jungle gym or let me dump out the basket of Legos. Whoa, surprise. Here we go. They're entertained while you go in the kitchen. You do a few last minute things because you've already done all the prep work throughout the day or on a day before. All you go in, you do go into the kitchen and plate your meals, plate for each family member and then put it on the table. And then you say, hey, kids, wash your hands and eat. And that takes far less time than when your kids are not entertained and you're cooking and you're trying to do this and, oh, you forgot to do that sauce and now you have no clean dishes and wait, we need, you know, the milk spilled. So just entertain your kids, prep your food beforehand, and then right before dinner, plate your meals. So, you know, heat it up again and combine it in whatever fashion you need to combine it in. So I think that would be the best like strategy for mealtimes but I I'd say I love that I'm nodding over here because like Mm -hmm. I'm so big on prepping foods ahead and I know you know sometimes people get a little freaked out about like oh this is something I hear a lot because I've taught meal prep classes before and they're like well I don't want to eat what I prepped on Sunday on Thursday and I'm like you don't have to eat what you prepped on Sunday on Thursday you could prep it during nap time or in the morning while the kids are playing and I love the example you gave of um, having your boys wash the produce, something that my two-year-old is, she's really little and our sink is, we don't have like a stool big enough for her to reach the sink. So I'll put like a really big bowl of, or not that much water because there have been incidents, but a little bowl of water (laughs) on the floor and like measuring cups and she will, and um, like a sponge and she will wash the dishes for me while I cook and I'll do a couple little bubbles in there and that's one of the ways where if it's in the middle of the day and I'm like I've got to get something ready for dinner time so dinner time comes together really fast in the evening we make it happen so I am all about finding that time to prioritize making those meals ahead so actual dinner time doesn't take forever I love that so much and I think that's going to feel really freeing to a lot of moms who are like I can do that. I can just put it on the table in just a couple minutes. So yeah, I love that. I like what you just said too about the water bowl and the measuring cups. I think that's what I'm going to do tonight, but Mm. not in my kitchen because my crazy kids will have it everywhere. They'll be on the porch within eyesight, (laughs) but (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it works really well. And she loves, and she feels like she's helping because I'm like, I need these washed. And she's like, okay. (laughs) There have been a couple spill incidents, but you know what? It's just water and a little bit of soap. So she basically just cleaned the floor for me. So it's okay. It works out. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to circle around to kind of meal planning. So you shared this concept about reverse meal planning, and we were kind of talking about how to plan meals for your family on a budget. And I really loved this concept, and I never heard anything really like this. So can you kind of explain what this idea of reverse meal planning in it, reverse meal planning is and how moms who are conscious about their food budget can use this? Yeah, so it's... 
what comes to mind first for me, I've got to say, is when I start to give nutrition advice or talk about it, I always get moms who are like, yeah, no way. That's not going to fit in my budget. It's out of the question. You know, and that's, that's just the reality for a lot of families, especially a lot of military families. I mean, that's just like, you might not be aware of it, but a lot of lower enlisted families in the military really, truly struggle. And I've, and a lot of the population that I work with in my own practice or, and in the past have, they're in poverty. And so it's always on the front of my mind, you know, how are these people going to meet their needs? How are they going to do this? If you're on, um, snap, so food stamps, you have a certain amount of money and a certain budget and that's it. That's what you get. And you've got to make your food choices fit into it. And there's no exceptions, not really, not for a lot of families. There's no wiggle room sometimes. And so these women who are having to make these decisions will often just ignore all the health advice and ignore, you know, all these people who are saying, do this, do this, do this, because they're in a situation and they have to get by with what they have. Okay. So these people, what I'm reverse meal planning, you can look at your budget and you can look at the cells. So look, pull up, let's, let's just say Walmart, for example, I have no affiliation, no partner with them, but that's where I shop. Um, so get online or get a hard copy of their ads for the week and look at what's on sale. Look at the items that you can buy this week right now to eat healthily. So if for some women, they might be able to say, we're going to have salmon every week. Great. That is healthy. That's fantastic. But for these people who have tight budgets, they might look at the ad and say, oh man, salmon is 50% off this week. We are eating salmon this week. So use your ads, use the sales to drive your meal planning. And then just give yourself a little bit of flexibility. If you get to the store and there's no salmon, but you know, you see that the uh, tilapia is really discounted, get it and incorporate that into your meal plan. So did I, did I cover that adequately? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I love that. The shopping from the sales first, because I think we all have this idea in our head of what meal planning looks like. And it doesn't have to look like it does in our head. And we can work with our budget by working with the sales at whatever store we're at first. So I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Because I think I talk a lot about meal planning and helping moms plan meals. And I think that, you know, I'm all about budgeting and I share, um, you know, how to how we budget for our meals. But it's just a different it's a different way of looking at things. And I like to introduce different ways of looking at things because I do want, you know, eating the food that feels good to you and that feels good for your family to work for you in your life and for women to feel like it's accessible. So I thought that was a really cool concept that you shared. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm living in El Paso, Texas right now, and it is very, very poor. And if I were to go tell some women around here, let's eat salmon and quinoa and you've got to buy organic everything. I'm going to get laughed at in Spanish and they're just going to, uh, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Fortunately, I could understand them. But, <laughs> but like, I, you've got to meet the people where they are. And so if you're in a position where you have a tight budget 
there are options for you. You can eat healthily within your means. Do you have any other tips about shopping on a budget other than reverse meal planning? Yeah. So a lot of dietitians and nutritionists will say um, fruits and vegetables are equally healthy if they're fresh, if they're frozen, you know, that's they're and, and that's true. And it is. So frozen and fresh vegetables are equally healthy. But if you have a really tight budget, you're going to need to opt for the fresher foods and it's going to take longer time. So it's going to need you're going to need to plan a little bit better on the front end in order to incorporate some of these foods. And it's just this whole time versus budget dynamic where, you know, a lot of if you have the flexibility, you can just buy convenient foods like the frozen corn. But it's probably a dollar more for you know, out of the package, it's like a dollar more. And if your budget is not going to allow for this really quick and healthy microwavable corn, you're going to have to buy the whole corn or you're going to have to go to a farmer's market and buy it really fresh. And that's fantastic and healthy. So, but you're going to need to plan the time into your, your um, meal planning. So you might have to work with somebody more about, you know, looking at those, how to cook fresher foods and, you know, someone like you, Chris, you're, you do a lot of meal planning. You would be able to help somebody quickly and efficiently cook a lot of these raw, fresh foods. And then I would say, too, um, you know, if you have to buy a lot of um, dried grains and dried beans and dried foods, you might want to consider investing in a pressure cooker or an Instapot, something like that. Just a tiny little investment of like 30 bucks for one of these fantastic cookers, cookers, <laughs> um, devices, whatever you want to call it, could help you in the long run achieve your health goals. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you brought up the point that, excuse me, I'm getting over a cold, <laughs> that <laughs> fresh foods are most often less expensive in many cases, especially when you're looking at like seasonal, than those convenience foods because they're put in a package. And we look at the, you know, there are oftentimes sales and hey, if you're eating vegetables, you're eating vegetables, you get the dollar package of broccoli and um, corn and um, carrots or whatever it is. And that's cool. You can keep that in your freezer and have vegetables quickly that way. But if you did buy the broccoli on sale or you bought it at the farmer's market when it was in season, it is actually less expensive and you get more of it that way. So learning that, but then again, yeah, you kind of have to learn how to prep for that. So being flexible in different ways. So maybe just looking at food in a different way and looking at being flexible about food in a different way. Okay, maybe it's not as convenient in terms of time, but how can I make it more convenient? How can I invest in an Instant Pot? Or we use our rice cooker for everything. It's something I learned early on in actually my husband's half Japanese and he he eats rice like he will eat like an entire pot of rice himself. <laughs> and so we and I always liked rice, but it wasn't something that was like a staple when I was growing up. So we started eating a lot more rice and I was learning how to cook it on the stove and he's like, "Why don't we just get a rice cooker?" This is like 10 years ago, like early on in our marriage. <laughs> and you can cook pretty much any grain 
in a rice cooker and they're really inexpensive and the same thing for an instant pot and you can cook beans in an instant pot you can cook grains you could cook vegetables in there too so i love that Mm -hmm. tip it's just about learning flexibility in in different ways thanks and so also like tying it back to what we were talking about earlier when you're planning ahead and you're trying to take these baby steps to get healthier and you want to do you know you want to get healthier but you want to start today right now Look at the foods that you already eat. And so if you're eating a lot of beans and you're eating a lot of these things that are low-budget items, that's cool. How can you make those a little bit healthier? Is there something you can do with the meals that you're really familiar with that already fit your budget? Is there a way you can improve those? Can you reduce the sodium? Can you reduce the added sugars? Can you reduce the salt and or sodium salt? You know, what can you, how can you improve it? So that might be a good tip too. Yeah, it's right along the lines of adding things rather than subtracting them and feeling like you need to reinvent things entirely in order to make changes that are going to improve your health and your family's health. Yeah, those little things that you can add in. I love that. So I want to switch gears and talk about kids for a minute. Um, because our kids are part of our family as moms. And you put a really good post up on Instagram about how we as moms can create expectations with our kids when it comes to food. And I think I love the um, when you're talking about your son like wanting candy all day long. (laughs) I think it's my daughter is in kindergarten now and she's exposed to so many more foods than she was previously. And you know, we're super balanced in our family. Like she has a food allergy, but other than that, she's able to try whatever food she wants when we go out and about. But when we're inside the house, we try to fill our house, our cupboards, and our fridge with nourishing foods, foods that feel good for our family. But now she's like exposed to, I don't even know, all of these fun foods that she wasn't before. So how do you suggest minimizing the struggle around things like sweets without creating a fight or creating like that unnecessary appeal around things like dessert, where then that's all our kids want? Well, I will say I'm not perfect and my kids are not perfect and it is a struggle. Yes, that's my caveat here. But some of the practices that I try to incorporate to raise my kids to have a healthy relationship with all foods, so that includes the healthy foods and the sweets that are bombarded at them at school and daycare and stuff, is, you know, one, well, so one of the biggest strategies I've seen is where you can add it to the meal. You just put a little reasonable amount of whatever sweet it is on the plate with the meal. And it takes away the intrigue and the desire. And it's like, well, this is just part of my meal. This is normal. This is fine. This is what mommy's giving me. Cool. But then I've only started recently doing that because it was something I just came across. And I thought, that's ingenious. And it's, it works really well. But prior to that, I would, it, for our normal, was you can have half a cookie. You can have half a cupcake. You can level, you know, this is how you get your ice cream cone. And I'm showing with my hands, but it's like leveled on the top. And for my kids, that was normal. And just trying to think about their little tiny bodies. <clears throat> For us adults, a full cookie or two feels good, all right? But for a tiny little body, give them a full huge cookie or two cookies, and that 
is so much. It's just the, you know, that phrase, it's just extra. It's like, <laughs> Oh, that's so extra. Like, I think it's crazy to expect our little kids to be able to handle huge amounts of sweets and eat their meals. They're not going to eat their meals if they're filling up on all this other stuff throughout the day. So by, by just setting the expectation and being upfront about it and being firm about it. And you can tell them, I mean, some people don't like this phrase, but this is what we do in our house. This is how we eat sweets. This is the si- This is the amount that you need, sweetheart. This is what your body wants. This is good for your body. And that's okay. Let's enjoy it. Do you want to cry about having half a cookie? Or do you want to eat it with me and be happy? It, it, maybe I'm a little bit mean. <laughs> but <laughs> And my parents would definitely think that. Because, you know, you go to the grandparents and it's like, Here's the whole pack. Take it all and run. And I'm like, no, that's not how we eat. Let's, and I sit down with my four-year-old especially. He's very smart, and he's at that point where he understands. And I can say, look, sweetheart, how many do we eat at home? How do we do this at home? Now, if you were to eat all of these, how would your tummy feel? Because we, try, I try to tune into that too. Like if he gets a whole donut, his – you know, his stomach hurts. He feels bad after. And I've helped him to tune into that. So then when he says to me, oh, I want that huge donut. I want the whole thing. I want it. I'm like, okay, Adam, here's your half. And if he whines and says he wants more, I'm going to say, well, how do you think your tummy would feel if you ate the whole thing? Probably not very good, right? And he's like, okay. And then he eats his half and runs off totally happy. Mm. Yeah, I love that education part where you're talking to him and you're, you know, like he's a little human because he is and just educating him on, hey, like, this is, you know, your body size and how does this feel? How is this going to feel in your body? And I, I, I do this with my six year old, too. And she's funny, though. Sometimes she'll go, I think my belly will be fine if I eat another couple of cookies. <laughs> and I'll go, okay, well, we're all done with cookies for now, but maybe tomorrow. And then she's like, Ugh, yeah. okay. But yeah, I think <laughs> that education is important. And I've tried to um, help my six-year-old learn that too and learn to, you know, tune in to, okay, like this is how much we're going to give you and you can have more tomorrow or you can have more later. And I think it's okay to set those expectations as the parents. I love um, Ellen Satter and all of her work with the division of responsibility when it comes to kids and that like the parents provide and the child decides, like they decide they don't want to eat the half a cookie. They can just eat a quarter of a cookie. And my two-year-old will eat a bite of a cookie and drop it and run because she wants to go play. (laughs) My six-year-old has more of a sweet tooth, at least at this point, it could always change. They're still really young. And she'll want to eat the whole cookie. But I'm like, well, we're going to have half a cookie now because dinner's in a little bit or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And I think it's okay to still set that expectation as a parent, but also educate them and have them learn about their bodies. So I love that approach. Yeah. Like you said, treating them as little humans, you know, talking to them about it. On one hand, I'm saying, you know, I set really firm rules and guidelines. And then on the other hand, it's like, but let's talk about it. Let's understand it. Let's just... Let's figure it out. Why are we doing this? Is it because, well, you already had a cupcake today, so no, you can't have more because our rule 
is one sweet a day, right? And you made your decision. So move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think that kind of goes into this concept of structured eating for kids that you talk about and how it creates more calm and less chaos in our house. (laughs) Can you kind of share a little bit about that, how you kind of create this like gentle structure for your kids? (laughs) Yeah. So all of you listening can relate to the fact that your kids will say, mommy, I need a snack. Mommy, I need a snack all day long. (laughs) It's like, if I hear it one more time, it's going to make me explode. So I I can't take full credit for it. I heard it on a podcast where someone was like, they gave this tip that I'm about to say. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the best idea. I'm doing it. And it changed our lives. So we, I just came, looked at our day and I set firm, well, mostly firm. I mean, a little bit of room for wiggle. I set our meal times and then I set snack times in between. So we're going to eat at these certain times and spaced out appropriately in between those are snack times. And I set an alarm for those snack times. And I started, it took just a few days to get my kids used to it, but I had, they'd ask for a snack and I'd say, when our alarm goes off, you can have a snack. And then it just kept reinforcing it. It's not snack time yet. It's not snack time yet. And then when the alarm would go off, they'd say, it's snack time. And they would go pick out those from their shelf in the pantry a snack. Whatever is in there, I said that they can have anything in there because I'm the one who put it in there. They can have it. And it just changed everything. It made it so much easier. It took away that the mental load of and and the struggle of fighting over these snacks and meal times. And and then with my four year old who's older and smarter again. That's not fair to say. My poor, my sweet little two year old. He just goes with the flow, and he's two and has his struggles. And then I have a baby too. I haven't really talked about her because she's not really into. You know, she doesn't understand the whole alarm thing. <laughs> but so my four-year-old, if he has his 2.30 snack, I encourage him to make a smart choice. And I say, remember, we're not going to have anything else until dinner time. So he get, he'll pick two items that are, you know, some sort of junk item. And then some something that's going to fill him up. By junk, I mean he might choose the graham crackers and a piece of cheese. He might choose half a bag of chips because that's the standard in our house, those little single servings of chips. They're allowed to eat half a bag so they can split it or I can save the other half. And a protein of some sort or a fruit of some sort. We do some sort of combination. And if he's just only wants the chips and doesn't want to take the time to choose something else, I remind him, you're not going to get anything else till dinner. And he either says, oh, yeah, and picks something else, or he runs off. And if it's 4 o'clock, and he says, Mommy, I want another snack. I need a snack. I'll say, no, I'm sorry. We already had snack time. The next time we're going to eat is dinner time. And usually it works. It works pretty well. It's pretty smooth. I mean, there's some days where... He really didn't eat much lunch, and he really made a poor choice with his snack time. But those are the consequences we have to deal with. And and in that, I would like to encourage moms to also follow the same pattern. So 
avoid running into the kitchen and sneaking cookies and sneaking the ice cream and those bad, bad in quote, bad foods, sit down with your kids and enjoy them and try to follow the same structure so that, you know, you can reach your health goals too and role model for your kids. Hmm. I think structure is so important, um, especially for kids, because it is really easy to just like give them full reign of the cupboard and just let them go in and out all day long, you know, snacking on whatever they want to. But then they never really feel hungry. And then they never actually get in tune. Like I'm I'm an intuitive eating counselor, so I'm super big on learning to tune into your body. And I think it's important for kids to learn that when they're young, too. If they're never feeling hungry and they're never or they're feeling hungry constantly because they're just snacking all day, then they're mm-hmm. never learning to recognize those hunger cues and actually respond to them. And hunger is actually healthy. It tells us when our bodies need fuel, but they're also you're also educating them with, okay, if you make a choice that doesn't feel good in your body, well, then it's not going to hold you until dinner. And it's okay if they get a little bit hungry before dinner. You're not starving your kids. Just like if they refuse dinner one night and you're like, all right, that's it. That's what I served you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fine. <laughs> you're, it's not like you're not allowing them to eat. You're still serving them. And sometimes they just say no, and that's okay. But I think the same, the same thing goes where you're giving them that freedom. They can choose what they want out of what you've chosen for them out of that fridge or out of the um, the fridge or the pantry and they've got that freedom but then they're learning too and they're learning about their bodies I think Mm -hmm. that's that's really cool yeah yeah so why do you feel that it's important that we as families as much as we can eat meals together oh I like talking about this um so when I grew up we ate meals together and that was the normal and I didn't know there was any other way and then talking to people and learning and living life, I realized that not every family eats together. And <laughs> and then in the description of mealtime for some of these people and clients, you know, it's it just sounds like pure chaos. <laughs> I say that gently because if you're listening and you don't, you know, you, you do you. But I think it is important to have a meal time together because it's a point where you can come and just be together and get rid of all the noise, get rid of all the distractions and eat a meal that was cooked with love. It's your labor of love for your children, for your husband and your family. And it's a time where you can really get to know each other. You know, as the older our kids get, the less we're talking to them the less time we spend one-on-one and hearing about their day and hearing their likes and dislikes and talking to them so if you can all gather around this meal then it's just a a point it's a a non-negotiable where you get to spend time together as a family and eat the food that's going to nourish your bodies and I will say too my husband has crazy work schedules and you know if he's deployed if he's gone whatever that's just how it is and he's not going to be there but I'm going to sit down with my kids at that time and we're going to go through the routine and we're going to say a family prayer and we're going to eat our food and there's certain expectations for behavior and if daddy's not there that's the point where we can get together and you know talk about daddy and say oh do you think dad would eat the broccoli? Yeah, of course dad would eat the broccoli. Or, 
you know, just it's just a great time to get together. I love that because food is such an important point of connection. And you're so right that as our kids get older, we do have less of that connection time. So it is that really important time to bring family together. I love that. And I love that you bring daddy into the meal too, because I know my husband goes away often as well and not as long as a deployment, but you know, he was gone for, you know, 10 days last week or a couple weeks ago now. And I like that you bring him into it too, because he might not be at the table, but he still matters and he's still part of the family. So we can, you know, we can bring that in there too. And whether it's, you know, mommy or daddy or whatever even our yeah. ends up being, yeah, you still have that, that kind of family aspect. I think that's really important too. I love that. Right. And what you just said was like, you know, even if they're gone for 10 days, that's fine, but you can go throughout the whole day and then you can go to bed and realize I didn't even talk about daddy today. I didn't even mention him. That is not doing our family justice. Like, he's important. And the kids need to feel him, whether it's just me talking or whether we FaceTime him during the meal or whatever it is. So. Yeah, that comes from my heart it comes from deep within. <laughs> yeah, no. So I live in a very military community where I am. There's a, a Navy base close by. Mm. So I have a lot of mom friends who are military wives and who are growing these families um, and learning to navigate, you know, having a family and also going through the deployments and those times away. And so I think that's, that's really, that's really uh, good advice on your end. Yeah. <laughs> So something else I love and something you kind of mentioned at the beginning is how you weave health and faith together. So how does your faith play a role in your desire to live a healthy mama life? Healthy mama life. I love that. (laughs) Oh, I just, it's that holistic approach where if your spiritual life is bleak, everything else is going to be bleak. If your physical health is bleak, you know, one piece of that wheel, that's, it, it just all has to be complete in order to feel your best and live your best life. And everything we have, in my opinion, coming from my heart and where I, my beliefs, it all comes from God. And he's just given us so these, these blessings, these food and this we live in this time where we get to make these decisions we don't have to uh, I mean I was talking about people in poverty but for all of us we just we get to go to the grocery store and we get to choose the foods that we are so blessed to be living in this time there's so many choices different ways to be healthy different ways to work you can work if you want you don't or you don't you can work online you can work at home we don't have to we're just so blessed and I, I can't separate it. I can't take out one from the other and I, I don't think I have to, which is kind of cool. I mean, I'm launching my online practice and it's probably going to be quite, um, I don't know what secular, I guess, but it's going to link to my holy, healthy mama because that's where I'm going to be able to connect with people. And again, I'm trying to reach out to my people And if you don't believe and you don't, you know, you're whatever you practice, that's cool, too, because I think we're all good people. And there's many paths to being a good person. You can do it so many different ways. And just because I do it one way doesn't mean anything about your way. It's the same as health. Like if I'm so I'm Catholic Christian 
if I'm talking to somebody of a completely different faith, well, we can connect on so many other different levels and there's good in everybody. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you just weave it in because it is such a big part of you and of your life. And you're inclusive that we all have different belief systems. And I totally respect that, too. I didn't always have the belief system that I have now. But and we can come together in so many ways as moms, as, you know, moms who want to live healthy, nourished lives. um, And then also through through faith. And Mm -hmm. so we can connect on on many different levels. I love that so much. And I love that you are able to to weave that in though and find your people in that way as well. That's so cool. (laughs) So how do you find ways to then kind of infuse your faith and your healthy living kind of maybe into your daily life as a mom or with your kids? Um, so here's the deal. I don't have, I'm, I'm just one person who's living it. I don't feel like I have all the answers here. I do my best. And I try to incorporate mealtime prayers. And I try to, you know, do, there's, there's, what I'm going to say is there's going to be somebody who's doing it better. There's going to be somebody who's doing it more. And I have to be okay with that. If I'm going to help, try to help people be healthy through nutrition and try to add in all these good practices, then I have to be okay with where I am in my spiritual journey. And I have to be okay with the fact that, I'm going to add in whatever I can. I mean, so I've been trying to connect as I'm going farther into Holy Healthy Mama. I've been trying to connect with other like Catholic women and Christian women, you know, marketing here, which sounds so fake on my, to even say that, but trying to like build some sort of, find my people. I mean, I'm trying to find my people online. And, you know, I come across these pages and they're talking about like, the fasts that they're doing and following this meal pattern and doing these certain behaviors. And I just look at them and I think, Oh my gosh, I am not doing that. I, I, I never even thought of that. Wow. Who am I? What am I doing? But I've had some people tell me because they've listened to my podcast. And in particular, there's one about, the daily miracles that have affected my life, the miracles that have shaped me. And one of my friends, I mean, she's not a stranger. I know her, but she said, oh my gosh, I've been really struggling with my faith and you gave me a shout out on the podcast and you talked about our spiritual journey together. And basically I'm back. I'm back. You know, I can, I'm, she was struggling with her faith and she's, you know, in a better place now. And that alone is worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Reaching one person and I'm getting kind of teary over here. I'm like, you know, I, I'm imperfect. I'm struggling, but everybody else is too. And everyone else is good at something. And I'm not the best at being Catholic. I'm not the best at prayers and reading the Bible and everything, but dang it, I try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I reached one person. So <laughs> if nothing yeah. else, then there we go. <laughs> oh, I love that. Because we don't need to be perfect to make an impact on our families, on the people around us, or through our businesses and what we share with the world. 
we don't need yeah. to be perfect. And it's so easy to compare yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel that so much, especially <laughs> with social media. And, you know, I, I also, I follow a lot of, you know, fellow intuitive eating counselors and fellow Christian women. And it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of I'm not doing enough in one area or another. And so it's taking a step back and going, I am imperfect and that is okay and I'm just gonna do the best I can so I love that I love that message right and if you don't start you're never gonna get to where you want to be so my podcast it has a lot of room for improvement I'm working on my online business and if I go to everybody else's pages and businesses and websites like yours even you are healthy mama Chris I'm holy healthy mama we're both Kristen and I'm quite certain you're farther down the and the you're more farther into the game than me like your website is beautiful and all the things that you have coming out of you are refined and put together and if I were to look at that and say well I'm not there I give up that's silly I can look at your stuff and say all right she's got this figured out what can I do now? And it's weird because I really, I swear I didn't know you before I became Holy <laughs> Healthy Mama. And then we like cross paths. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's so many similarities. <laughs> I love it though. I think it's so cool because we all have our own message to share. And I'm all about community over, you yeah. know, competition or comparison, right? Because we all have our own stories. And that's why I love doing what I do with the podcast. The podcast is like totally just a labor of love. Like I don't get paid to do the podcast maybe one day <laughs> but I do it because I love it and I love connecting with women hearing their stories and hearing what they have to share with the world because we are all imperfect but we all have incredible strengths and like those are the gifts that God gives us and when we're using them for good I think that's the best that we the best we can do right yeah I like that so we all have our own strengths I mean for sure if you're a homeschooling mom and you don't work Dang, because I am so impressed because I could never homeschool my kids. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> I like bow down to those women who are homeschooling and their organizational structures and their patience alone. Like, dang. But your life and my life, they look different. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, and me and you, we look different. And our lives, our stories, they're so different yet so intertwined. And that's okay because you're reaching your people and I'm reaching my people and our people are going to cross paths and <laughs> I'm moving my hands around over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love being on video because we can really kind of have a chat that way. <laughs> but it, it really is. It, it's so true that we all have... We all live very different lives. But I think, you know, one of the, the things that you've really brought to this conversation is this concept of we just add little things in, right? And the more we can add little things in to improve our lives, whether it's with our health or with our faith, simplifying things in one way or another and, you know, and realizing that we're not going to get it perfect, but we can just do one more thing. We can add one more thing and, and see how it feels and kind of move on from there. So I love that. So we're getting kind of towards the end, um, and I love to share food in a way that is joyful because I'm a foodie and a former chef. So I have three final questions that I love to ask my guests. So the first one is, and this is funny because you said that you don't love to cook, <laughs> but what is your favorite thing to cook if you had to choose? 
tacos because <laughs> my kids love them and eat the heck out of them. I'm just talking like ground turkey, seasoning pack, and then we use whole wheat tortillas, and I put mine on top of a salad and crunch chips, and we just do it all sorts of different ways. But they talk about it like it is the a gourmet meal at a five-star restaurant. <laughs> so that is my favorite. <laughs> That's so funny you say that because my six-year-old is all of a sudden super into tacos and has decided that now that she knows the days of the week, that every Tuesday needs to be Taco Tuesday. And I'm okay with repeating meals and, you know, it makes life easier. But I'm like, like every Tuesday, do we need tacos every Tuesday? <laughs> and she'll say <laughs> things to me now, like, and I love tacos too. Like I'm, I'm all about that. And all of us in our family like tacos as well. But she'll say things like, mommy, you know, it's Tuesday, right? So it's taco day. <laughs> I love <Right>. that. <laughs> That's funny. So what is your favorite thing to order or have someone cook for you? Thai food, for sure. Oh, Thai food is so good. We have a place down the street and it's delicious. <laughs> so yeah. my last question is we talk a lot here about finding your beautiful balance, going beyond <laughs> obsessing over food, but finding nourishment and pleasure in food and life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? Um, I think it's just that whole concept of doing adding things in and being okay with where you are. You know, we're all just doing our best. You just find your balance within where you are, within your structure, and you don't try to reach these lofty goals. You just try to improve one step at a time. Yeah, I love that. So, so true. Exactly where you are and just adding things in until you find that, that place that feels good to you. So could you just share where listeners can find you? Yes, you can find me at holy.healthy.mama on Instagram. You can go to holyhealthymama.com or you can also go to kristennorieganutrition.com. That one is my the business that I mentioned that I'm really trying to work on over the next few months. So it's um, it links to the same website, but... Yeah, that's the big goal there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for being on and sharing with me, sharing your um, inspiration for, for helping moms and all of the incredible tips that you gave. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.